We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. Coming a Friday morning, September 30th. And on today's show, we're going to make 10 bold predictions for the upcoming Wolves season. Key word there, of course, is bold. Uh, we wouldn't bet on these things occurring, but we think they're somewhat possible and just an interesting way to look at the glass like really half full or really half empty. A way to go out on a limb. And to do that, I'm joined by Kyle Tige, who's joining me every Friday this year. Kyle, I'll just send it over to you. How did you go about like approaching, thinking about making your five bold predictions? Well, first things first, happy International Podcast Day. That's a uh, thing. Okay. Like it's a good time, good time to celebrate. Um, yeah, happy Friday. No, we're just trying to kick around like, what do we do with this? Is you know, truly like the last probably big, big podcast before. I mean, games start next week, right? Like that mm-hmm. fan fest is this Saturday. You'll you'll get to see these guys kind of running and jumping in person. Uh, and then next Tuesday, um, the what is it? The fourth, they play real basketball in Miami. So we're close. We're close to just talking hoops for the next six months. But it was either like, do we do some predictions, kind of like yeah. Zach Lowe used to do, or do we just like boil down what Josh Minot said at Media Day? So I think this might be a, the more entertaining topic. But um, yeah, I think it's always fun too to like kind of just put some things out there. And I've spent like four hours on Basketball Reference looking at single season record holders for like random. That's where a lot of my stuff went okay, for this topic. Right. But uh, but no, I think it's gonna be fun. And like I said, this is really one of the last pods we'll be doing before we just start analyzing what we saw on the court. So this should be a, this should be a fun topic and a good way to kind of kick off the preseason. Yeah. A lot of everything we've been talking about the last two weeks, since we kind of jump back into the pod is so speculative, right? It's like mm-hmm. guessing what the team is going to look like on the floor. What are the players? What are the coaches saying about what the team is going to look like on the floor? It's very little of our own sort of just like, what do we think it's, it's going to going to look like, obviously, like you said, we're going to have games here soon. So let's make some predictions before there's any real basketball played. So I'll just send it over to you. What is your first bold prediction of the se- of this Timberwolves season? Game 83, not to be confused with the old Game 82, but Game 83 for the Timberwolves will be played at Target Center. And all I mean by that is it's kind of like a roulette bet. I'm just betting on numbers. But basically, the Wolves will either finish first, second, third, fourth, or seventh or eighth in the West. Oh, okay. okay. So again, I, that, that just kind of gives you a little wiggle room there with that, those playing games. But I really do think the more and more I looked at it, uh, I was talking about this with Phil Mackey on flagrant Howells, like just starting to figure out when you look around the Western conference, there's, there are better teams, I think right now than the wolves, right? Like obviously the warriors, yeah. if Denver at full strength, Memphis and stuff. And we do this thing in September. We do this thing in early October where we're just like, well, you know, we kind of just assume everyone's at full strength and everyone's just going to play all their guys. The Warriors played more basketball this year than anyone else. So, like, they're going to coast. Memphis doesn't have Jaron Jackson for a long time. Um, Denver's, I mean, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., hopefully they play 60 games, but they're going to have rest. So you just kind of look around and all of a sudden you're like, the Wolves' best players are probably going to play the most minutes in the West. And that should just... That that in and of itself should inflate the record because they're going to win a lot of regular season games. And that's why I think they're going to have a home court playoff game that first game. And I gave myself a little wiggle room to have that 7-8 seed just in case things go a little south. 
you know, this might be stupid, but, it, but that kind of reminds me of is the uh, the first first season when Finch took over for Saunders and the second half of the year, they were the Wolves were trying harder than a lot of their opponents, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like they were they were in theory like a tanking team. They had one of the worst records in the league. They had a very small chance of retaining their pick. But like, weren't, weren't the Wolves like close to five, like close to 500 once Finch took over and. And that was a product of some real teams, actually teams with similar records to them actually tanking. And then also at the end of that year, I remember like Boston and Dallas and stuff like that already kind of they were kind of coasting right into the end mm-hmm. of the season. And that's kind of a weird comparison to make. But right, like this whole wolf season should kind of have that energy of like, no, we are we are really focused on all 82, where, like you said, the Warriors might not be that. And that might make sense for the Warriors, for the Wolves. They got to like lay down as many as as much groundwork as they possibly can. You got it. You want to see 82 games, 75 games of these combinations and stuff. So you can test different things that you can try in the playoffs. Like that's another reason to not really where you're going with this, but to bet the over is I think you're going to get a really engaged Wolves team for all 82 games that is trying to compete, which isn't always the case around the league, even with teams of that similar caliber. Yeah, basically my prediction is saying they're going to finish in the top four in the yeah. West. Now, as a gambler, I gave myself that little back backdoor <laughs> cover there with seven and eight. But uh, no, I really do think... Spade, spade. Right. Not even to be biased, but look around the league. You could make an argument now because the Wolves still have a lot of young talent too, right? Like they're, most of their guys are under 26, 27. There's probably not a team that is more focused on winning regular season games than the Timberwolves. I know that sounds so stupid and random, but like, they're just going to be gobbling up as like we're trying every single night in a year where I just said there's a ton of dudes coming off injuries, right? Like who knows how many games Kawhi plays? Yep. All these different factors. And then you have, and this hasn't, I guess, really been talked about much and we'll get into it, I guess, after Christmas, but people are going to start tanking like historically crazy <laughs> like that. Those lineups at the Blazers, right? Those Blazers Thunder lineups from last March are going to look like <laughs> Harlem Globetrotters compared to what those teams might put out in March 2023. So I just think you're going to have so many teams focused on losing or resting guys. And I think this team is going to be focused on how many wins can we get? Because that is one barometer of, you know, when I said back in July, like what would make the Gobert trade a positive? It'd be winning 50 games and yep. getting it a, a, a high seed in the playoffs. So game 83, target center, get your tickets now. Love it. Uh, My first bold prediction is that D'Angelo Russell will sign a one-year contract extension in January for $28 million. Kind of looking at it the same way as the Patrick Beverly thing uh, Mm -hmm. a year ago. Pat Bev comes in, final year of his contract, going to be an unrestricted free agent, has a greater impact in the first half of the season than was anticipated, and it kind of leads the Wolves to to wanting to extend off of that. Um, part of the, the Pat Bev thing was kind of extending that salary slot. I think maybe even a bigger part of that is extending the salary slot with D'Lo. I'll get into that in a second. But Pat Bev was on a $14.3 million deal last year. He signed a one-year $13 million extension. It's a 10% discount. So that's how I got to $28 million with D'Lo. He's on a $31 million contract. Put him at twenty eight for another year. You salvage that salary slot, which I think makes some sense for this team because if D'Lo just walks in free agency, you don't have $30 million in cap space given how expensive the rest of this team is. Uh, I just think it, I think particularly if D'Lo starts the season strong, exceeding expectations, first 30 of the year, um, you can you can make an argument to to do that from a basketball standpoint. And then I think the case from a salary cap perspective in and of itself is is pretty strong. So I went with that. So that was also that was my fifth one. Oh, really? Okay. Um, but I, but it. so I think it's worth continuing the conversation a little bit. But now I'm just going to start throwing questions at you because as I've as I deemed from day one when we became friends, like you were the modern day millennial Larry Coons. So I know you know all the CBA <laughs> stuff. Um, why one year? First question to you, and then second, how many years could he sign? I would say why one year because you still have one more year of Ant and Jaden on the rookie contracts um, okay. ne- next season, uh, two years from now. So if you were to push the d extension 
multiple years out. Now you got him, you got Dilo making 25 plus million um, in the year where you're going to have, you're going to have, let me pull it up right here. Rudy will be making about 44 that year. Carl will be making 50 that year. Assuming Ant has signed his, his extension, he'll be making like 40. Jaden, I mean, I don't know, that could be 25. I just, with that much money reasonably you know, predicted to be on, on the Wolves books for the 2024-25 season, I think the Wolves would similar, similarly want to stay away from going into that year. It was kind of the same thing with the Pat Bev wanted multiple years on, on his deal last year. But if you remember where the Wolves were at that time, 12 months ago, they didn't want to they didn't want to give multiple years because it was looking like they were going to have max cap space for for that season that they could that they could use on someone, which they functionally kind of did with Rudy Gobert. So that sort of stuff actually matters. I think people who follow the salary cap know that. And I don't I have no idea if D'Angelo Russell would be cool with the one year deal. Is he the type of guy who's like, no, I'd rather I'd rather sign up long term for cheaper, maybe like four years, 90 or something. Um, I think one year, 28 for the Wolves might make more sense than four years, 90. Just given just in salary cap terms, um, obviously, how much D'Lo can't will or will not make will be so much about the basketball. But from a salary cap standpoint, I think that makes sense. Did I get to the second part of your question? Yeah, yeah, no, you did. You, you, you did say he could sign multiple years. That's mm-hmm. kind of right. I mean, he could. I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because 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 I my only thing was I said that he would sign a two year deal hmm. next next or in the winter. Um, he's twenty six. He turns twenty seven in February, and the only reason I thought maybe he would extend like he's obviously signed twenty two twenty three, and then he's a free agent. I thought he would sign an ex- extension for twenty three twenty four and twenty four twenty five. That's two years. He'd be twenty eight, and yeah. then that that summer is when the whole new TV agreement thing comes into place, uh-huh. and that dollar cap could spike. So that was the only reason I gave him two years. We're both on the same page that I think and agree or disagree, but Tim Connolly and that front office have done way too many other things and had way too many other steps and pieces they put together to let their starting point guard just enter summer completely, you know, available to all the other 29 teams. It just doesn't seem like smart team building, whether you like D'Lo or not. And I do like, to let a guy like that go when you don't get $30 million back. Like you have no other options. So I think we're both on the same page that an extension probably maybe gets done during the season. Mm -hmm. And I think that'd be good for all parties. Yeah. Nope. I'm, I'm, I'm with that too. Uh, I I don't know what the bold part of it is, is maybe the bold part is, is just believing is, yeah. is believing that D'Lo would be cool with one year because that would really be a signal on his part that he's, he's into this, you know, like, I mean, every everything he said and we've heard illustrates his commitment to this team. But I think I think that would, too, because it it's committing without that long term security. Give me your uh, give me your second bold prediction. Carl the Towns will break the single season Wolves three point record, which was just set last year by Malik Beasley. 240 makes. I think he had 637 attempts. Malik Beasley never changed. Like, just keep shooting. That was awesome. But I just think, so I think that comes out to like maybe three and a half makes a game or something. I just think Carl, at some point, they're going to get get to his head. Like, you just got to let it, you just got to let it fly. Yeah. You just got to shoot nine threes a game. It's what you've been, you know, kind of pandering for for a long time. Like, not a lot of bigs that can do, make step back threes or even attempt them. Um, and I think, at least I think, we have no idea because as of Friday morning, Carl still hasn't even like, he didn't show up to lasagna dinner last night. He hasn't really practiced yet with his new all-NBA teammate. But I think once this offense starts humming, it's just going to be Carl letting it absolutely fly. Like it's a three-point contest at All-Star Weekend. And if he is as good of a shooter as we all know he is, he's going to make a lot of those. So 240 makes doesn't seem that outlandish if he's taken, you know, nine a game. Right, like... I haven't even thought about my weird cat step back hill in a while because well, welcome I mean, back, buddy. Yeah, I mean, so much of that was just feeling like the offense. I mean, the offense in the past few seasons has just had limited offensive um, like weapons, right? They just they mm-hmm. haven't mm-hmm. had no wolves group, maybe ever has been this offensively talented. Um, so 
like in the past when it was less talented, you're like, okay, well, let's just, let's take step backs. Let's, let's create more situations for you, for you to shoot threes, Carl, and just get them up. Um, I think hopefully like for this, for yours to happen, I think he probably does need to, you know, self-create some threes a little bit more often, but also right. Like part of your prediction is he's just going to have way more open catch and shoot three point looks than he's ever had in his career. So yeah, I mean, I, I would almost bet that if you could guarantee me full health for Carl, I would almost say it's it's likely that he he sets that record. It's a big number, by the way, like 240 makes is a lot of makes. But I just think if a guy like Malik, who was a volume three point shooter, can kind of break that record coming off the bench, like Carl is going to be taking. It's almost more of the attempts number that's intriguing to me than the makes like Malik broke the single season record for attempts, 637. Mm -hmm. That would be like the first thing I tell Carl on day one is just like you got to shoot 637 threes right. at minimum next year. So yeah, that was my that was my second one that he's gonna break the record that has lasted for all of like six months. That that kind of actually the Malik part actually ties into to my second prediction. I was looking up just kind of like the Wolves uh, player by player shooting in the second half of the year, um, and man, Malik from January first on shot like forty five percent from three last year. <laughs> like, I mean, on a on huge, huge volume. And, uh, you know, obviously that that's something that's going to be missed. So my my prediction is that Torian Prince shoots over 42 percent from three this season. Um, I okay. was I was looking again, though, the, if you split for the last 41 games of the season last year, Torian Prince shot 41 percent from three. Uh, he took 146 just in the second half of this season. Uh, he finished the year only shooting 37.6% from three, but that's because he started the season so slow. First first 41 games of the year, TP shot 31% from three. Second 41 games of the season, he shot over 41% from three. So the prediction is for a full season, 42%. And I do, that might not sound bold, but I, I looked it up last season of players who took 200 threes for the season, which isn't even really that high of numbers. So it's just filtering out the guys who shot like 12 threes for the whole year. Only seven players shot over 42% from three last season on, on over 200 attempts. Luke Kennard, 45%. Desmond Bain, 44%. Tyrese Maxey, 43%. Cam Johnson, Lonzo Ball, Seth Curry, Doug McDermott shot 42%. Now those are great shooters, but I've always just kind of been... I kind of actually made a prediction something like this. I remember when me and Britt were talking um, but before last season, doing kind of like a season preview. I think Torian's just a really good shooter. And in theory, just like you were talking about with Carl, I think the op- the open opportunities should be there even more than they were a year ago. And I, we didn't get a chance to ask him this at, at Media Day, but I do remember last Media Day when TP was still kind of coming off that ankle. You know, mm-hmm. and I remember he had talked about how like he had to crawl to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Um, so I just think he's one year healthier. He's one more, you know, he's one year more into the system. Um, and we are so myself, I'm speaking for myself. We are so hyper-focused on this starting five and how cool it can be. But I really do think that the storylines will start to develop of how, like how big of a role TP has, mm-hmm. how big of a role Kyle Anderson has. Um, because, you know, again, there's still a little, little light, at, at the point guard spot and maybe if Delo's out and ants running the guard spot you can have tp alongside him or just sure. i think he's going to get a lot of minutes he seems in kind of as everyone is the best shape of their lives right now but uh i like that I, it's a huge number and it does kind of make my eyes pop but um yeah i think there's no reason that he can't do it like you said he's a good shooter so it's nice that they have him behind Jaden. yep that's why i think that's why that's the bold part of it right like 42 percent is given the yeah that how much more often guys are shooting like guys who can shoot around 40% are just shooting such high volume that they drop themselves down to 37%. Actually, TP is kind of a good example of that, you know, last season. So 42, I think that'd be also huge for this team in providing spacing, particularly from the corners. Uh, I think that'd be really big before we get to your third one, Kyle, I wanted to tell people about how we got the chance to go uh, tour falling knives uh, following night brewing company's facility, uh, the, the whole tap room, the whole, where they make the beer, everything. We did that on, on Tuesday night when you were here, um, in town falling knife is 
where uh, Britt and I will be doing a live show this Tuesday, October 4th, uh, 5 p.m. I would recommend people getting there. Tap room opens at 4. Britt and I are going to start recording at 5.30. But Kyle, I thought being as it's not just coming from me, you've got a chance to see Falling Knife. Maybe you could help kind of explain to people what the setup is looks like there, not only for the live event, but Falling Knife's going to have games on, uh, the Wolves games on with sound on the TVs every single game during the season. Why do you think that would be a, a cool place to watch Dude, Wolves games? Absolutely. We went over there when I was back earlier this week. Absolute like little gem, right? D- d- outside, I didn't really know where it was, like on the building and stuff. I think it's, is it like Northeast Minneapolis? Yep. Is that where that, but, mm-hmm. and you pull up tons of parking spots and then you go inside and it is such like, that is the quintessential spot that I would want to watch like Timberwolves games with a bunch of friends, um, bunch of pinball machines, like an insane, yeah. insane tap list. Um, I think the one I had like one or seven, uh, multiple jet skis. Um, it got a little, it got a little intense after he started just giving me more and more free beer. I was like, this is insane. So <laughs> that place is going to be really, really cool. They have a, a really kind of open setup. Um, and yeah, the guys that run it are just huge Timberwolves fans. And right. that's kind of, you know, in, in honesty, that's kind of what you want from a bar that you're going to watch your favorite team is that you're going to show up there in the wild. Aren't going to be on TV. Like these guys want to watch the Timberwolves. They want to talk Timberwolves with fans and just serve up really, really good beer. There's another beer that had Oreo in it, which was like, <laughs> was kind of put me to sleep. It was so good, but uh, no falling knife is, is fantastic. That team over there is really, really cool. They have a really awesome, like a bunch of windows. You can kind of see them brewing beer and stuff. So if you're a wolves fan, if you want to watch that heat game on Tuesday, uh, if you're a fan of Dane and Brit, you should go show up early. Because that place is going to be, I think that place is going to be packed on Tuesday. Yeah, man, I think it's going to be fun. Um, they they set up food. They're going to have a little food pop up there too from Tomamoho Grill. Yeah, it's uh, a great setup outside too with a patio and stuff. Yeah, and the sound like the sound will be playing on the patio too. So yeah, for people if if you aren't comfortable, you know, being inside around a lot of people too, that yep. that's another option uh, as well. Again, Britt and I, five thirty to like six thirty. We're going to do a, a live show and then we'll just all kind of watch the game together. Uh, tips at 630 and we'll hang out until that's over. So October 4th, 5 p.m. Falling Knife Brewing Company. Come check that out. Insanely uh, good beer. Yeah. Insanely yeah, good beer. Actually, it's very, very good. We um, got a good lot of taste. Let's go. What's your uh, what's your third bold prediction? Okay. Th- this is probably the boldest only because if you go back and look at who gets these honors it's you know you kind of got to be a pretty well-known person but that's kind of why i believed in this take now is that i do think i think jade mcdaniels will make an all defensive team okay so that that would be that would make you there's only two so that means you'd be one of the top you know essentially top 10 defenders in the league um i we'll get into this a little bit later but like rudy's gonna make it i'd be shocked if he didn't make it right right so i looked i think it's like the last four years is as far as i went back but there are always teammates on these lists. Now, maybe they're not both, you know, like Drew and Giannis always make it, but they're not always both first team. But it is possible to have multiple players on all defensive teams. Boston last Um, year? Yep, Boston had, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boston had uh, Robert Williams and And Marcus Smart. Smart. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think this, I mean, a lot of these awards and honors, you also have to just have eyeballs on the team. Like, Like, you don't, you could have, you know, Scotty Pippen, but if he's on the magic, just no one's really watching those games. So you don't get a lot of votes. This is a voting award. Uh, so I do think there'll be more eyeballs on the team. Again, I said they're going to try to win 50 games. So they're going to have a lot of national exposure. We're already seeing more national media people in town, you know, interviewing people. And then also too, Jane McDaniels said it. And like, that's, I think the first time Jane McDaniels in three years has ever said anything that he wants or, <laughs> or you know, like, or has spoken. Um, and I think if that's his intended goal, and he can stay on the floor more. He's also, again, going to be a starter. He's going to be force-fed minutes. Um, it's just kind of a leap of faith, but there are so many good defenders that could bump him out. But yeah, I think there's no reason he can't make all you know second-team defense. And that would, if him and Rudy are on both an all-defensive team, I think you can just cash your over tickets, right? Because that's not going <laughs> to that's not going to happen, and then they're going to win 44 games. So if you fast-forward to March or April, and they have those awards, the Wolves are probably you know one of the best teams in the West. I, I think the the starting thing is is important too, and I think Herb Jones making the team last year is a good example of that. Uh, I, I would say Herb Jones and Jade McDaniel's are similar caliber defenders, but 
Herb Jones started and played a bigger role on the Pelicans last year than Jaden McDaniels did. And, 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 you know, Jaden had his foul trouble issues. So I, I don't think it's crazy at all that if the Wolves are a top five defense and Jaden gets rid of some of his, his fouling tendencies and proves to be a, a player who can work in more of a drop concept alongside Rudy, like the Wolves are not going to be a top five defense just because of Rudy. They, they're going to need right. that help from Jaden and other guys like that too. So I like that prediction as well. Um, my, my third one is that Nas Reed gets traded to the Boston Celtics. I, oh, oh I, my God. Well, again, this is not reporting or anything. These are just bold predictions. To, to coach them? <laughs> okay, sorry. Keep going. Um, no, the Wolves have a roster crunch at the five. Uh, I, I mean, Finch has said numerous times now the plans to go 48 minutes with one of Cat or Rudy on the floor. That doesn't... Pr- completely, completely preclude Nas from being somebody who could play in games. Britt and I were talking about this yesterday. Like, Cat's going to get in foul trouble sometimes. Some, you know, Cat or Rudy could get injured. Or or Kyle Anderson, Torian Prince, some of the guys who play at the floor. Like, I think Nas has a chance to occasionally be in the rotation this year. But that, in and of itself, might not be enough to justify keeping him on this team. He's also going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. So if you're the Timberwolves and you deem that Nas Reed is not part of your long-term future, I think it makes sense to trade him. And to that end, you're just kind of looking, you're looking for a team that needs center help. And, and I think Boston, you know, Robert Williams out for the first two, three months of the year, uh, Danilo Gallinari, uh, Torres ACL this summer. So he'll, he'll be out for the year, which leaves basically Al Horford, Grant Williams and Luke Cornett as really the only bigs on this team. They did. I I put this together last night. They signed Blake Griffin today. So maybe the Boston part of this is is less likely. But even still, like Horford and Blake Griffin are old. Like Grant Williams is 6'6". Luke Cornett is like 7'2". Slow. Like the Celtics could use a center. So if the Wolves do decide they it makes sense to move on from Nasrid, I think Boston is a team that, that it would make sense. And Old friends of Nas's, Noah Vonley and Jake Lehman. They're there in training camp. So, you know, <laughs> some familiar faces. So good thing I made seven of these because we didn't share them before. But that was actually one of my other ones as well. <laughs> but 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 my angle is more of like if I just if you just say Nas Reed is fast forward, he's going to be traded. I think a lot of people are going to be really sad. But this is almost just kind of like breaking up with someone and it's better for both parties. Sure. I think Nas Reed, his entire story is so cool. I always joke about when he came out from LSU, like he couldn't jump over the free throw line, not jump from it, but like jump over it. He just wasn't a very athletic dude. He was kind of chubby in high school, in college. Like he even said it himself. Had that footage. And I just, I just don't think a lot of guys have put in the work like he has just around the league. Like he has reshaped his body so much and developed. I mean, he does everything they ask of him. And you know, that's what happens when you're kind of an undrafted guy or whatever. But I do think that when you build your team out for the next four years and you put damn near a hundred million every year at your power forward and center spots, you just don't have a lot of room for that guy. So as much as it would be sad for, you know, like if I owned an old cat and I just couldn't take care of it anymore, like put it, give it to a farm, let the cat go run wild, right? (laughs) Let Nas Reed go to another team. And I don't think Nas Reed is a starting center in the playoffs, but I think Nas Reed can be a starting center in the NBA. If you know what I mean? Like, He can go out there and get healthy minutes for, you know, an average team because he's a, he doesn't have the elite height or he doesn't have maybe the elite shot blocking ability, but he's a really good player. And I hope for him in a contract year, like he's not buried on a bench right. and getting, you know, 70 DNPs. Like, I hope that that's the case that, like you said, they move him, they let him go kind of put tape on that next summer. He could maybe get a nice little deal because mm-hmm. um, he is a good player. He's got a good story here, but. It's a numbers game. We talked about this before. Like they got 20 really good guys at camp and five of them aren't going to make it. And it's not just the back end five. It might be a guy like a Nas Reed who just, they want to keep someone else on a two way and, and send Nas out. So um, that's a sad one, but yeah, that, yeah. that's a good one. I, I think too, like the wolves, whether it's with Nas or not, just in the next couple of years, like there is going to be some value in trading players you have on your teams for future picks. Like we we went yes, through this yes, last Friday when yes. you were on here of just like 
They can't trade. They can't trade any firsts. They only have like one or two seconds for the next seven years. If you could get back two seconds for Nas Reed, like I, I think that's, that's a, a, yeah. I think that's a especially no brainer. When you, yeah. Especially when you invested, you know, mm-hmm. six hundred bucks and getting them after the draft. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if you can turn that into two second round picks when you're kind of thirsty for uh, for draft capital, that's a good one. Can I give you my fourth? Yep. A lot of a lot of I did a lot of research for this. I'm I'm pretty proud of myself. Love it, Rudy Gobert. Going back to single season Timberwolves franchise records, Rudy Gobert will break the single season Wolves block record. Um, this is actually low key, really easy. So if you go back and look at his basketball reference, if Rudy plays over 70 games, 70 plus games, he averages 195 blocks. Kevin Garnett's record is 178 blocks back in 2003, wow. 2004. Um, so if Rudy's just looking- normal, he sets the Wolves. Yeah, basically, if Rudy just plays 70 games and is active, he's just he's going to it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember I remember when Eric Pascal was talking to us at Media Day and they were like, hey, so, you know, Rudy Gobert's on the team now. Like, what, what's one of the first things you think about when you think about Rudy and his impact on the floor? And Eric Pascal just grabbed the mic and said blocks <laughs> like one word. So I think I, too, think blocks when I think of Rudy Gobert. And I think that 178 is a pretty easy number. It's pretty much like averaging, you know two and a half blocks a game. He's going to have a seven block game, an eight block game. For sure. Yeah. Um, and he is very durable. Um, he's in very good shape. And even if they kind of lessen his minutes early to let him recover from Eurobasket, I think he's going to play a ton of games, play a ton of minutes. They're going to win a, you know, regular season Timberwolves. And he's going to block a bleak ton of shots. So that one should be pretty easy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with that. And, and I would even say like with the Eurobasket stuff, I, I think, I don't think that's going to have any impact on the regular season. Um, I think Rudy p- probably plays very minimally in the preseason. Um, mm-hmm. But but it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning. Like, once it's time to go, like, Rudy down the line, like, this coaching staff is 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 ready to go. Is there, I don't know, Rudy's never been, like, a, like limiting his minutes guy during the season. He's still only 30, you know, like, I, I think Rudy's going to play a lot. I, I would I would just bet on, on that record happening, I, I think. I think, yeah, Rudy, Rudy's going to be the most prolific shot blocker in, in Wolves history. That's he, I it was that random clip that they tweeted out where D'Lo ran like a pick and roll and threw a lob to him. He just caught it one handed. But it is it's just going to be so crazy to watch. The Wolves have just not had that. Yeah. Right. Like they just have I mean, you know, I remember Anthony Randolph did a couple athletic things but like that was Anthony Randolph, um, who's also still like somehow, I think, 29 years old. But I just think he's going to be. As fun as Ant's leap could be and D'Lo and Carl and Jaden all stuff, I just think I am so excited to watch that dude play basketball because he is just rare. He's just something that this franchise has. Even Garnett was just a different type of player. I just think Rudy is going to block a lot of shots, catch a lot of lobs, and it's going to be it's going to be really fun. So, yeah, he's going to break the break the block record. Let's talk about today's sponsor. Let's get checked. Let's get checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. Recent studies show that men's testosterone levels are dropping substantially since the 1980s at about an average of 1% per year. If your father was 30 when you were born, your testosterone levels could be 30% lower than his are. Low testosterone can have all types of health effects on men. It can cause you to lose muscle mass in your body. It can affect your mood, your memory, and even your sex drive. Let's Get Checked is a worldwide leader in at-home testing kits and their male hormone tests let you easily test your testosterone levels. These results are reviewed by a clinician. Once your sample is in the lab, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. Let's Get Checked labs are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So if you want to test your hormone levels without having to leave your home, Visit trylgc.com slash Dane and get 25% off your test using code Dane25. Or look for that link and promo code in the show notes of this episode. That's trylgc.com slash Dane and get 25% off your test using code Dane25. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, my, my fourth one, and, and again, these are bold predictions, not actual predictions, going out on a limb. Um, I would, well, this one or my next one, are, I guess mine got progressively bolder. This one is Anthony Edwards is the only Wolves player to make an All-NBA team. You're okay. Around. Oh, no, I like, no, I had to do the math on that, but that's tricky. That's tricky. And I think I know why. So get into it. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the biggest one is, you know, Carl's going to be at the power forward position. So he's, he's competing against yeah. forwards to make all NBA. I mean, that's Giannis, LeBron, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis. If they see him as a four, even Jalen Brown, Brandon Ingram, like, if one of those guys make a take another step forward, like that, that's ten guys right there who Carl's somewhere in the middle of probably. Uh, he he makes he would be the eleventh of that. There's only six All NBA forward slots. Like I I don't know. I mean that proposition in and of itself is probably fifty fifty best case that he that he makes an All NBA team. The bolder part of this is Rudy not making uh, one of the three all NBA center spots. And I think the only way there's only two ways that happens, right? He misses like 30, 40 games or bam out of bio. Yeah. Really takes the leap. I mean, we're assuming Jokic and Embiid, but you know, who knows if Jokic and Embiid like Rudy's no more likely to miss a bunch of games than either of those guys are. He's probably the most durable of, of the elite centers in the league. So I do think Rudy will make an all NBA team. But that would be part of the connecting the dots here is Bam takes that third center slot. Um, and then Ant, like for it's it's not like it's easy to make all NBA guard at all. This would be assuming the ant like leap leap, right? Um, you got at the guards, you got Luca, Steph Curry, John Morant, Devin Booker, James Harden, Damian Lillard, Trey Young, Bradley Beal, Chris Paul, Donovan Mitchell. Those guys all ranked above ant in espn's uh top 100 but i think if i compare that guard list to the forward list i think the guard one is slightly softer and has more room to be to have the top six penetrated there uh so yeah it's it's bold and i think it we come into the season thinking ant is the third best player on this wolves team and and this pick would kind of suggest turning that on its head and and at least accolades wise would be viewed at the end of the season as the wolves best player yeah and that do you think there's any like cannibalization of even though carl's gonna be playing power forward that just you know again there are national media people that still won't watch this team that you know like him and rudy are gonna like yeah take each other's votes a little bit you know because like carl's still gonna play a lot of backup center but um the, the only margins you're playing with there is that if it's not bam off right. the top, like it's who is it then, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of no. You're one. basically it's just saying Simonis. it's going to be these yeah. three guys that make it. So, but that's fair because, like you said, I think there's an outlaw. Like maybe Rudy doesn't play enough games to qualify. Um, it doesn't vibe with all my predictions of just everyone plays 82 games and they win all 86 <laughs> of them. But uh, no, that that's a good one. So I don't, I don't really have a fifth one now because you keep stealing them. I did, but I did have, I did have a thing, and this just goes back to kind of being bullish on on their over. Um, which isn't that bold, but I just said that Chris Finch will finish in the top three for coach of the year voting. Okay. Um, I also just think he's well-liked and I, this is kind of weird, but I do think people want to vote for him. Um, and I think if this team wins a lot of games this season that you're just going to like, 
it's it is kind of it is a regular season award basically. So it's if the new face wins, thing, right? Like that's kind yeah, of the yeah, case yeah. for the the ant in my prediction too. Is like even if Carl and Ant had the same exact same level of season at their respective positions, I could see voters voting for Ant rather than Cat. You know, to, if they're if they're choosing between those two, one of them to put on their ballot, like. I think traditionally those guys that make the leap leap that are young, um, you know, they get extra credit for that rather than a 27, 28 year old who's just kind of continuing to more slowly progress. And and to your point with the Finch thing is like Finch is a, a relatively new face in this team. He had half a season that nobody watched uh, locally or nationally. And then last year, you know, they were, Basically, for a ton of people, their only exposure to Chris Finch is the six games of that uh, playoff series, which, yeah, <laughs> I don't think was doesn't fully capture how good of a coach uh, yeah. Chris Finch is. But and I, I do think, too, again, I'm just just kicking the shit out of my wood bookshelf here to knock on wood to pray for health. But I just think that if the Wolves as a franchise kind of have a similar leap into the national perception that like the Grizzlies did last year. You know, we've made the Ant Morant comparison, all that stuff. These teams have a history now of playoffs, but Memphis just cleaned up in all the postseason awards or all the, you know, regular season awards. Like their GM, I think was like, didn't he win executive of the year? Their coach was up there. They had like three players and most improved voting. So, you know, there, there's a path here where again, it all kind of ties into the number. Like I think 50 is the number where if you 49 wins, you're probably not going to get all that love. But even if they win 50 games, like hell, if Doc Rivers wins 60 games with the Sixers, yeah, the new face thing. I don't think they're. I think they want to find new stories. They want to find new people to totally. give this award to because it's again, writers are, are voting on it, and writers love a good story. And Chris Finch would be a really good story to kind of bring this franchise back to where yeah. they haven't been in since 2003, 2004. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know what the odds are on that bet, like Vegas wise, but uh, I. I wouldn't. I, I would be surprised if that's just a, a good value bet. If you can get like 15 to one or 12 to one or something on, on Finch winning coach of the year, I can tell you're looking that up over there. So I'll, <laughs> I'll tell What's you yours. I'll tell you my, my fifth and final bold prediction. And it's that uh, PJ Dozier plays over 1000 minutes for the wolves this season. Ooh. Like I said, you know, prog- getting progressively bolder um, just context on thousand minutes. Jalen Noel played 975 last year. So it's kind of like that role, not a guy who's in the rotation the entire season, but as, um, you know, as injuries dictate and then taking advantage of the opportunity dictates, uh, you know, I think there's I think there's a, a, a possibility there. The boldness of this pick is that P.J. Dozier is not on the team. Uh, he's not on an NBA contract, <laughs> right, right. you know, so. So, again, what we talked about last week when we, t- when we were discussing, like how the roster shakes out. For Dozier to even make the team, even make a two-way, somebody needs to get waived who's who's under contract. So my like sub-bullet point of, of how this would happen is the Wolves wave A.J. Lawson. Again, all hypothetical. They wave A.J. Lawson. P.J. Dozier sli- slides into that second two-way slot. And as the season dictates, maybe they feel like, you know, we need another kind of like, Kyle Anderson facsimile in in our rotation. They they need more on ball defense, and and PJ Dozier steps in and, and brings that for this team. But yeah, that's my deep roster bold prediction. Is PJ Dozier has a significant role on this team this season? It's a great one to kind of finish up on because we're not talking about that enough. I don't think. Like I thought, PJ Dozier signing was like it came so late into the off season, right? And he's still rehabbing a little bit although i didn't tim Connolly say that he is playing five on five and mm-hmm. stuff but like he his his signing was announced media day morning kind of under the radar he didn't speak to the media because again he's probably one of those on the fringe players but um he's neither did really aj lawson player. no right like, yeah, eric exactly. pascal did speak to the media he's on a two-way that's true that's true he's on a guaranteed two-way aj lawson is is on a two-way but a non-guaranteed two-way so you know and I don't know. I mean, I've watched clips of AJ Lawson from Summer League. I I I was intrigued by him too. Uh, maybe he's 
maybe he's like Jalen Noel from like three years ago where you're in like preseason, you're like, whoa, what the hell is this? Like, I, I really like this player, you know? Maybe that's what AJ Lawson is too. I don't know enough about him to really distinguish the difference. But if I if if, if PJ Dozier's healthy back from his ACL tear, I think it's a safe bet to say that he's a, a better player than AJ Lawson, which would deserve a roster spot. And then this team isn't really deep on perimeter defenders. Um, or or there's like some question marks of like how how good of a perimeter defender is Ant gonna be on the ball playing in pick and roll a ton? You know, can Austin Rivers really step into a big role like that? Or do you need to add another wing guard defender into the mix? And as I go deeper on the roster, PJ Dozier's the one to me that makes the most sense. So just off the top of your head, if he did hit that number, that thousand minutes, who do you think currently would be hurt by that the most like it because the answer is Jalen Noel right yeah well it's probably that that it's the the Jalen Noel cluster right the Noel yeah, Rivers yeah, okay. Forbes that we're all talking about for like the the ninth rotation mm-hmm. spot on on this team maybe ninth and last rotation spot so it would be like he'd need to do some leaping through that group but PJ Dozier's game is very different than Jalen Noel's it's very different than Bryn Forbes it's maybe theoretically similar to Austin Rivers defensively um, but he, you know, he's bigger, longer than, than Austin rivers. And again, like I said, if you need, like, if again, knock on wood, something happened to, to Kyle Anderson, I think you kind of need like a, to add a six, seven wing into, into your mix on this team. Maybe it's not PJ Dozier. Maybe that's out on the buyout market or a, a trade or something. But, uh, but on this roster as a, as deep as training camp. Like, I think, yeah, I think P.J. Dozier in that scenario would be the most likely. I love it. Just just one housekeeping thing to, to keep us all honest. Uh, my last bold prediction for those scoring at home was that Chris Finch would finish top three in Coach of the Year voting. Chris Finch is actually the favorite to win Coach of the Year. So, no. <laughs> so that, was, uh, that was uh, the least bold he thing is? I've ever said. Yeah, him and Taylor Jenkins are 10 to 1, and then Joe Mazzula. Uh, is that yeah. who's coaching the Celtics now? Yeah. Or I guess not Reed if you trade him. Uh, that's 12 to 1. And then Spo is 13 to 1. So yeah, Chris Finch, wow. bold take, actually leading the clubhouse here. Uh, so that was just, again, really excellent. Um, that's why you su- that's why you subscribe. That's why you listen to me because just hot takes all over the place. Do you have anything else? Like any other thoughts? Because I had one question for you before yeah. we kind of get into this. Just because it's Friday morning, we haven't seen it yet. Um, I was back with you all week. 1 to 10. Short term, long term, are you concerned at all that Carl's still not practicing? Um, no, I I think it's just a bummer from technical reasons okay. of like okay. putting. I mean, they're they're putting in a new concept. Um, I guess if you were to go down the roster, which player on the roster is most incumbent player is most familiar with drop coverage? It'd be Carl Anthony Towns. Um, that's what they're putting in, though. That doesn't totally work because he's going to be playing a different role in in drop coverage on this team not as the big as frequently as he has in the past yeah I think it's it's just a a bummer for for that reason but again Britt and I were talking about this yesterday it's like I mean this beginning of the season schedule is so soft that you would like to kind of have built that chemistry and confidence in the preseason uh, the whole preseason, maybe it'll just end up being the last couple of games of the preseason that you see Rudy and Carl out there together. But man, OKC, Utah, OKC for the first three games of the season is sounding a lot like preseason to that me sounds, too. That sounds like the exact uh, remedy for someone who's sick. Like, hey, just mix, <laughs> just mix in two OKCs and a Utah into a glass of water and you'll be fine. So no, I just think, again, it, by, are, are you cons- more concerned about it? I'm more concerned, well, again, by all accounts, you know, whatever that he is, it's fine. It's not COVID or anything. It's just, it's just an illness you have and that stuff happens. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just a big reps guy. And I just think that like, we talked about this earlier in the season or early in the summer, like he's probably the number one guy who has to kind of change what he does the most or has to I mean, yeah. he was an all NBA center last year. Right. And I think you tweeted this out. Like he's going to be a backup center now, which yeah. is funny, like a max contract backup center. So he's going to have to play a lot of power forward. And I just think getting him out there would be nice because in, you know, four days they play real basketball. And then two days after that, they play one of the bigger front lines in, in the league. So just getting those reps. Um, 
between now and what October 19th or whatever is big, but in the same vein, like you said, they get I, apologies to those fan bases, but they basically get three extra preseason games to start their season by playing the thunder and um, the jazz. So yeah, you're, you're right. That'll, it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but I hope to see him like Monday or the next time they practice right. this weekend. Like let, I hope he's in a Jersey and, and out there because he's got to get that chemistry with Rudy. Yeah. And, and one thing I'll just say on this too, because I've got a handful of like, messages on twitter emails and stuff of like th- there's just a like kind of burnt in skepticism in some wolves fans that if you know if something isn't going right that something's wrong um that like carl is skipping uh the training camp for some reason and i can you know i can just say i've i've, I've talked to people and and that's that's not the, that's not the case going on here i feel confident in saying I don't I get that was a, I think that was a, a cynical perspective, probably um, for anybody to be thinking about that. But I I understand it like, you know, three years ago, this team was really weird with injuries, uh, different head coach, different president of basketball operations um, from the media side. I can just say I feel like I get a lot more transparency on injuries, absences, that sort of thing. Carl's actually sick. Uh, sucks. Yep. He has to miss a, a full week. That seems excessive. but. Uh, but I don't know. I think they're just viewing it like get all the way back, um, breathe, be able to fully like breathe, have your lung capacity before you get out there and start playing five on five. This would be a great time for him to just like with all that new money he got and he's like maybe house shopping and trying to upgrade. Like if he did put his house on the market too, like this week, <laughs> right. Just to be like, oh my God, he's not a practice and he's selling his house. It's like, yeah, dude, he's buying a 14 bedroom one over on Minnetonka. So no, I just, the only reason I even bring it up is because he hasn't been there all week. And it's reps that you're missing. Mm-hmm. And that's as we said part. before, like we, we don't think that Rudy is going to play a lot in the preseason or you don't know. We preseason minutes are an absolute crapshoot, but it just there's not a lot of time, right? Like we're recording this on the 30th. We're going to be in October when we wake up this weekend and they're going to have real important games to kind of kick that thing off. Because as much as we joke about the beginning of the schedule, you can't lose those games. Right. You cannot lose those easy ones to, if you want to win 50 games. But okay, Carl's good. He's sticking around. Uh, Dr. Dane with the good info. So I appreciate that. I feel better now. Those All those messages you were referring to were from me and just on burner accounts. <laughs> um, all right, let's make some uh, let's make some prize picks. Kyle and I every Friday are looking at the Sunday slate of football games. There's no NBA picks we can really be making uh, at this time. So we're, we're going to do these football picks. I enjoy doing them. I know some people are like, what this is a basketball podcast? But uh, Price Picks is a, is a partner of the podcast. And Kyle and I like football and like fantasy football. I think <laughs> this is kind of close to that. So like, yes, the Dane Moore NBA podcast. But we're also just two dudes in their early 30s who are just snort fantasy football on the weekends. <laughs> so um, no, I'm just going to throw this one out right now because I this pot will drop. Let me re- let me this. recap first. I want it because I am sucking yeah. with Jace. I was trying to. Skip I am that. I am two and two on these on the season, and Kyle's one and three. So let's see if you can catch me. Go ahead. That didn't seem necessary to add, but anyway, <laughs> um, as soon as this podcast drops, skip to the end. Get this number because it could go up this weekend. Chris Olave from the Saints over fifty four and a half receiving yards. Um, no Michael Thomas this weekend. The Saints play the Vikings in London. Uh, Andy Dalton at quarterback. I just think Olave's a stud and he's going to get a ton of targets and the Vikings aren't uh, the best secondary in the league as a Vikings fan. I can say that. So Chris Olave over 54 and a half receiving yards. He's probably going to have 130. Uh, he's really good. And that's an easy one. I also have a saint for over 54 and a half or more than 54 and a half yards. And that's Alvin Kamara more than 54 and a half rushing yards. Uh, yes. Part of that. No Michael Thomas in the mix. Andy Dalton looks like he might start. I don't even know if that's an upgrade or downgrade at uh, quarterback for the Saints. But I think like Kamara started the season really slow. Part of that is he he missed week two. I would still like to think he's one of the uh, elite running backs um, in in the NFL. And well, yeah, because like you traded for him. <laughs> I did. He is he is on my team. So this is yes. M- most of my picks are half wishful thinking for my my fantasy team. But I'll take Kamara more than fifty four and a half rushing yards. Second one, Nick Chubb, Cleveland Browns, over 88 and a half rushing yards. That is 88 and a half. Um, the Falcons give up like 4.9 yards per carry. The Browns average five. The Browns should probably comfortably 
beat that Atlanta Falcons team this weekend. The old good um, game Nick, script. Yeah, and Nick Chubb is just a stud. Also, too, if you're looking for a quick bonus one, uh, uh, the best game of the of the weekend is overseas, Viking Saints. But the best game in North America is going to be Philly and the Jags. Uh, Travis Etienne over two and a half receptions. Um, that's going to be a shootout, and they're going to be throwing a lot. So, yeah, Nick Chubb over 88 and a half rushing yards. He's the leading rusher in the league, and the Falcons um, are a turnstile. My uh, second and last one is Justin Herbert, more than 275 and a half passing yards uh, this week. Again, kind of just both of my picks are um, betting against the idea that weeks one through three are indicative of what week four yeah. will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Herbert still has a case to be one of the best or to have like here going forward for the rest of the year to like maybe lead the league in passing yards or be up there. So 275 and a half, I think is decently high, but uh, I will take Justin Herbert there over 275 and a half passing yards there. So that's me and Kyle. Those are our two picks each for this week. Um, As always, if you want to play along with us, you can create an account at prizepicks.com or download the prize picks app. They throw you a $100 sign-up bonus if you use the promo code Dane at sign-up. Again, reminder that uh, if you are in Minnesota, this is a daily fantasy game, not a a sports book. So it is legal to operate and run in in Minnesota. Many, many of you have, have signed up for this. A lot have signed up even since we started doing football stuff. So try it out. We'll, we'll do some football picks here, and then I'll be making Wolves picks during the season. And I really mean it this time. I've probably said this quote 14 times since July 1st, but we really made it like this is a mat. If you are a Minnesota sports fan, this this weekend. Also, it's the start of my birthday month. This is it, man. Big brewery thing tonight with Krasinski and Dane. You have go for football on Saturday. You get to wake up Sunday morning and have the Vikings on primetime. Um, and then Timberwolves basketball starts next week. So and I think the twins wrap up this this weekend, which is the biggest celebration because that's been a dumpster fire. So. Um, we really made it October best month of all 12 fall best season. Um, and there's just going to be a ton of wolves games, a ton of, I mean, you're going to be just making the rounds in Minneapolis at various breweries and events. So, uh, thanks again to everyone who's, you know, supported this pod supported me. It's going to be, this is going to be the best season in the last two decades. And there's just a lot of cool things to look forward to. So that was my shameless plug. Yeah, no. And I, I would, I mean, this is going to publish on on friday afternoon but i will be joining john krasinski at head flyer brewery on friday evening at at 6 p.m that's john's event i'm just going as a, a guest but i'll be podcasting live um with with him there i haven't been saying that as much just to not confuse from the the event on october 4th at he- at uh falling knife brewing company with uh with brit on on tuesday for the preseason opener but hopefully see a bunch of you uh friday night at, at head flyer and then also again at falling knife on on tuesday like like you said it's a it's it's rare that it's a good time to be a tim rolls fan and uh this is this is one of those times so let's let's all get together and uh and enjoy that with uh john and i at head flyer tonight and Britt and i at uh at falling knife on on tuesday so kyle we'll be uh well we'll both be in las vegas next week for the um for the Wolves preseason game against the Lakers. So we'll be potting there uh, after the game on, on Thursday night. So you can hear Kyle, what are you laughing about? I was, I was just thinking like, okay, yeah, way to tell, like just listening, like if you're listening to this, yeah, the next time you hear me on Dane's pot, I'll be drunk. Um, So that's fun. But uh, yeah, we're going to go to Vegas and check out that game. Maybe uh, go check out that Wimbayama kid earlier in the day. He'll yep. be in Vegas too. But uh, yeah, I mean, Tuesday against the heat, like we're going to start talking hoops. And yep. if you've made it this long, Thank you again. But next week, it's going to be X's nose and things we liked and things we didn't and things we're concerned about. And um, they get really two good preseason tests against two teams that are physical. For sure. Um, have some continuity. Um, and also, too, like have some familiar faces. Jimmy Butler on Tuesday. Patrick Beverly on Thursday. Um, we made it. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> it's going to be a blast. Uh, he's Kyle. Follow what he's doing over at Flagrant Howells podcast for Score North with Phil Mackey. Um, we'll have him on here at least once a week as well. Kyle, I appreciate you doing it. You can follow, follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Tige. I'm Dane at Dane Moore MBA. Uh, the audio from John and I's conversation uh, at Head 
at Head Flyer on Friday night will turn into a podcast on this feed as well. So you can look for that over the weekend. Uh, until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.